this morning, Lord, I'd ask for all of us uh, present today uh, that you would give us uh, understanding, that you would give us exactly what we need to live this day out before you. And Father, that uh, you would strengthen us to walk this day out. You would give us wisdom, understanding, Lord, that you would put forgiveness in our heart for those who may wrong us today. And Lord, that you would give us the ability to walk away from the temptation when it comes. So we thank you, Father, for this morning. We thank you for calling us to this place. Lord, lift us up and prepare us to receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're in Matthew chapter 5, the verses 48. And the message today is the divine commandment of life. The Divine Commandment of Life. So we are actually going to start at 43. So Jesus is uh, is talking about a series of different topics. And if you uh, know chapter 5, he starts at the beginning of the top of 5 with the Beatitudes. And he talks about the similitudes, about Jesus, about himself fulfilling the law. talks about murder and adultery. Divorce, oaths, uh, retaliation, and then uh, he comes down to love. And that's where we're at right now. Verse 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemies. Now, you shall love your neighbor is uh, the writings of Moses. So that's a direct quote of what Moses had written. And hate your neighbor is not found in the writings of Moses. That's something that the Pharisees and the scribes had derived from the lack of information and the opposite of hmm. uh, that would, be, would have been found in Leviticus. So in Leviticus where you find this, which um, I don't know what chapter it is. 19. Chapter 19. <clears throat> chapter 19, it says... Quote, you shall love your neighbor, but it doesn't say anything about hating your enemy. So they must have derived from that, well, if he didn't say love your neighbor and love your enemy, therefore, we must hate our enemy. Right? So they started to say that. They started to teach that as a part of understanding. But that was never written in God's word. That's something that uh, the scribes... And the Pharisees started to teach. So, Jesus says, he quotes that, you shall love your neighbor. He said, you've, you've heard it said, right? You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Because what he's quoting there in the second part is what the Pharisees have been teaching. He says, but I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you. Now, how many people want to sign up for that? I mean, how many people really do you think, including yourselves, want to do that, are willing to do that, are ready to do that, uh, have that on your prayer list, right? It's probably not on anybody's prayer list. Maybe it is. Um, But if you actually had a prayer list, for things that, or a prayer journal of things that you ask God for, 
And then when God answers that prayer, you can go back to your journal and say, this is when I prayed for that, and this is when God answered that prayer, right? In between that, are you going to have, pray for the people who hate me. Lord, bless those who spitefully use me. Bless, bless that guy that said, hey, if you come and work for me for all day, I'll give you, you know, 500 bucks, and then he never paid you. Lord, bless his business. Bless him. I don't know that, that, that you're going to want to do that. Now, you may be obe- obedient to God's word and do that, but in obedience to something, if the motive is I'm doing it because I have to, none of, that, none of that prayer is actually reaching God in the manner it should reach God. He can hear it, but he's going to choose not to listen to it because of the motive of the heart. So he doesn't honor it at all, your obedience. From, un, from what I have understood from God's word, he says, your heart, okay, it's the matter of the heart, the condition of the heart in which your, in which your petition is coming from. If it's selfish and for you, right? If it's done in a way of, well, if I have to do it, I guess I will, right? But you can do it with, with an attitude of, I have to do it. I don't want to do it, but I'll do it anyways, right? So there's no service in that to in what you're doing physically, right? It's just like if your father said, hey, go out there and do this. And you're like, well, I wanted to go to the, you know, I wanted to go here today. It's like, you have to go outside and do this before you do that. And you're like, you know, and you're kicking this and you're throwing that, right? And you're making a big old deal about it because you want him to know that, He's up, yes, that he's upset you. Hmm. He's ruined your day. He's ruined your plans. He's ruined everything, right? But I'm obedient. But I'm going to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay? So you think your father's going to honor that? Hmm. Right? Right. Probably not. He's probably not going to be happy about it. He's not going to feel like you're serving him, like he's asked you to do something and you're willingly doing it out of love, right? Yeah. I know for, for me, though, too, like, I think a, a big difference is that when I approach God with, with instead of acting out, but approaching Him with the thoughts of acting out, and what I mean by that is, this is one that I struggle with very, very much so, and um, loving your enemies, like, I know that I fail continually at that. Being you spitefully and bless those people, I fail continually at that, but the difference is, instead of doing it you know, half-heartedly, I just confess it to God and I ask Him to help me through that. God, show me how to love my enemies. I know that you call me to love my enemies and I want to be obedient to you and I'm more than willing, but I lack. I lack because I'm made of flesh and I approach God in that way and I believe that He honors that. He sees the willingness and I can't lie to Him about it. If I'm just making it up, well, then that's not (laughs) it. He's not going to honor that either. But if He truly sees that I have a desire to be obedient to Him and and to fulfill what... Jesus commanded here, and that's the process, is taking that to him, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it's authentic, right? Because that's exactly, the thing. It's yeah. like, God, okay, I'm praying this because you told me to do it, but my heart's not in it. But mm. it's like, God, I know my heart's not in it, and I know you asked me to do this, and help me to get there. Yeah. Right? Because it's like, that's authentic, and it's like, yes. It's like, it's like the one way it's like, God, I want you to do this thing because you told me to do it, blah, 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 but... It's a it's an, it's a lie to me, mm. right? Like, why if like I'm lying to God, like I don't want to bless Him, mm. but I want you to bless Him. <laughs> yeah. It's like what, yeah. you know? But then when you're like authentic and you're in unity, and it's like, 
man, I'm having a really hard time wanting to bless this guy, but I know you want to bless this person. Help me to get there. That's a different prayer. um, I have a question, and that's, uh, where do you draw the line of, because it doesn't call you to, uh, uh, what's it called when you're, you contribute to somebody's like bad habit or enable, enable, right. So like somebody who's a boss that doesn't pay you that $500, right. And then you, you know, you run into the guy and then you just, you, I mean, technically you're called to bless them too. Like, you know, if you can do something right. Um, to love them in some way and they say oh okay I can get away with that at, at what point uh, do you love on them and show them kindness and grace and at what point do they have to face the consequences That's a good question um, so I'm not going to give you a direct answer but I'm going to answer it in this, in this way um so part of the call that Jesus is talking about here, uh, love those in his list, right? So let's, let's review this list real quick. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate. So bless those. Now that could be a physical act or that could be a prayer for them to be blessed, right? But this is a physical act by blessing them. Now, again, when somebody says bless, go and bless that person, that can mean anything to that person that you're talking about. And it's not really an instruction on how to bless the person. You're just, you're just saying, listen, I, I want you to go over there and bless that person. In their heart, what they understand a blessing is for them would, would they, is what would they, uh, the act that they would bestow on that person right? without any instruction. Because they understand that these things are blessings to me. Therefore, I'll give those blessings away. Okay? So he says, bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. So what's the difference between doing good and blessing somebody? Is there a difference there? Interesting question. Because it uses a different word. So it's the same action, though. It's a physical action. And pray. Now here's where he says, specifically, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. He doesn't say to, to pray that they are blessed. He just says, pray for them. And the reason why he's talking about these things is because what he wants us to do is have our attitude, is to change our our attitude towards these people, right, that have done these things, number one. In the process of the unwillingness to do it, you become willing to do it. Okay? When you start to pray, you may not start out, Lord, I want to pray for Marty, the guy that did this to me. You know that guy, right? You know how much I hate him. But through a process of doing that, your will begins to align with God. And it can happen in, the, in a few moments. It may not be immediate. But what, what eventually what will happen is you will begin to surrender those things, that hate, um, that pain, all those things that those people caused will start to wash themselves out through the process of what God's, what Jesus is asking us to do, you know, through this physical service and through this prayer for these people. What it'll do is cleanse you. And when the next person steps up and hurts you, you're not going to harbor that, that immediate feeling of, 
of whatever it is, whether it's hate or disappointment or frustration, right, or anxiety that they may cause you, those things now are going to be really set aside because you've already practiced how to forgive and forget. So that, this, is, this is a work that God is asking us to do to, to develop us to change who we are. It's not something he's asking us to do so he can sit up there and watch us, you know, <laughs> and have a good time about our, our struggle and how we don't want to do it. And, you know, he's, not, he's training us, um, but not in the sense that we understand to be trained. He's not trying to break our will. He's trying to align our will with his will so that we are one, as Jesus said, as the Father and I are one, so they and I are one, and they're one with you because... You and I are one. Remember that whole thing last week? Yeah. Whoever was, if anybody, who's there? Yeah. <laughs> so that whole, you are, I'm one, they're one, we're one, and because this, everybody's one, we should all be aligned, sharing the same spirit. You know, it's crazy that you bring that up, though, because, um, so I was, I was thinking, it's, okay, this doesn't bother me anymore. I'm not mad at this person anymore. But that must mean because I'm getting weak. I must be letting that go because I'm not hurt by that anymore. But now you've actually been able to, you know, explain to me, it's not that I'm getting weak, it's because I'm getting strong and I'm being built up. Because before my reaction would be this and my, my, you know, tendencies would be this. And now I'm just like, you know what, I'm not even gonna let that bother me and I just let it roll off my back. Hmm. So it's, thank you for bringing that up to Right, so we were in grade school or high school, maybe even, I don't know, maybe in in the kitchen yesterday, I'm not sure, right? Depending on your age and your maturity level, right? Right. So Art says something to me, Mm -hmm. and Travis goes, dude, you're not going to let him get away with it, are you? No way, man. He would say that. (laughs) Hey, you need to do something about that, right? Yeah. So... Here's a guy that's antagonizing mm. this disturbance or this whatever, this animosity, right? right? Because what he wants to do is be entertained. Oh. That's not God. God's not doing that with us. Right. He's not saying, hey, go love your enemy, the guy that did this to you, right? Because I want to be entertained. Mm. Come on, you're not going to let him get away with that, right? It's, there's the adversary, right? right? Which is the one that is always going to bring something in between two people. So that that relationship can be broken or disturbed. So there is no relationship. Okay? Period. That's what that's all about. That's why Jesus, he's saying, listen, put that stuff aside. Get rid of it. Let it go. Right? So I've learned that if you say something to me, you may say it because you're upset. Because somebody somebody said something to you, right? And you just kind of want to... You know, have somebody else pay for what's done to you. And in the moment, you say something, didn't mean it, right? But you say it because you're angry. Now, I could receive that, hold on to it, and then I can say, oh, yeah? And then over here, right, give exactly what you gave to me to this guy. And all we're going to do is keep that. Yes, keep it alive, keep it growing, keep it moving. But if I say, hey, listen, if I just listen to it and I don't even respond to it, that power is broken right there in the moment. Mm. It's done. That's right. It doesn't go any further. I don't take it and dump it on him. He doesn't take it and dump it on him. He doesn't take it and dump it on him. He doesn't take it and dump it on her. She doesn't take it and dump it on her, right? It's gone. It stops. That chain's broken. Yeah. That's what he's asking us to do. He's asking us to no longer 
do those things. Or it can happen over a few days of praying for that person. What was I at? Bless those who curse you. Curse you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. <clears throat> okay? So, 45. That you may... For what reason? For this reason. That you may be sons and daughters <laughs> of your Father in heaven. For he makes his son rise by... Practicing these things. The practice part is saying, all right, I'm going to bless. I told this story, I don't know how many times, at least 10 times, 15 times, about our pastor at church saying, is there somebody in your life that has done you wrong, that has hurt you, that has disappointed you, that has you know, really brought pain into your life, right? That has maybe you know, stabbed you in the back, whatever. Do you have that person in your I want you to think about that face, right? Now, what I want you to do is I want you to pray for that person every day, all week long. Right? It's like, I'm not praying for that guy. <laughs> that guy deserves judgment, right? <clears throat> I felt like, like, the, like the, uh, um, the disciples, when they went into that town and nobody received Jesus, and they said, hey, Lord, do you want us to come, you know, call down fire on them and destroy them? This is after they went out, right? And they experienced all that power that, were, that was given to them by healing the sick and casting out demons. And now they're like, hey, let us, let us judge these people and bring fire down on them and kill them and destroy them. That's kind of how I felt like in that moment when he said to do this thing, right? Because I thought of somebody that really, really brought pain into my life. And I thought that that person should not be forgiven. That's kind of... Um selfish too I guess it's a lot of things it is selfish right oh they hurt me yes they they wronged me Me. of course or or even somebody I love but it's still somebody I love so I'm gonna condemn them correct and I'm not gonna forgive them right because they don't deserve forgiveness because it's all about me right exactly and that's me, like you're saying, the, the, that's a selfish, I think selfishness is probably one of the most evil things, really. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, because I deserve kind of forgiveness, too. right? But, yeah. but that person doesn't. Right. It's, it almost sounds like a brat, like on a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or whatever, that little rich girl. Viola or Violet? Yeah. yeah, no, no, the other one, the the rich oh, one. Oh, sweetheart. Yeah, <laughs> but I want it now. That's it. Daddy, I want it now. Yeah, they they don't deserve it because they wronged me. me. I can't get over it. Cause... And God and Jesus here is calling us to practice that, to walk in that. That's tough, right? Not because he, he actually wants that person blessed, but he wants us to experience the forgiveness that he's given us. Not, not understand it, but experience in a sense of forgiving people the way he forgave us. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the reason for the challenge here. On the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? In other words, it's easy to love somebody who loves you, right? 
But can you love the people that despise you, that use you for wickedness, that, that or wickedly use you, right? Well, that's different. That's a whole different story. Is it that you love them, or that you you have sympathy for them because they they don't have the same values? It's like they they need Jesus. <clears throat> uh, which group of people are you speaking of? The people that love you, or the people that don't love that you, hate I, you? Um, it may start out, oh, that's a good question. Now, I, I think it's going to be different for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, I don't know if somebody is doing it out of sympathy, right? I know if I'm doing it out of sympathy. But whether anybody else is, I, I don't know. But yes, your question is, yes. <laughs> that's the answer to your question. Yeah. Is yes, yeah, some people may be doing it out of sympathy, thinking, oh, these poor souls, they're lost and, you know. That's, again, that's to me, depending on how it's coming out, it's like when you pat somebody on the head and say, oh, everything's going to be okay. I forget you what patronize? Yeah, that's Yeah, yes. It could be that spirit, just patronizing them, right? Um, it could be a genuine, I feel sorry for them and having pity for them, right? But that's not what's going to help them and that's not what's going to help my, my spirit align with Christ. It's really me putting myself aside and letting God pour me out to do whatever he wants to do in that person's life. So I may pray and say, Lord, so the guy that I pray for, the first day on my way to work, I said, I'm not praying for that guy, right? I mean, I listened to what the pastor said, and because it was such a difficult thing, I thought about it and thought about it and thought about it all. I mean, it just haunted me, right? All the way to work, driving you know, it took me like an hour and a half to get to work, right? Oh, and I, yeah, the whole way I thought about it, but I wouldn't do it. Was I was it obstinate. Was it or conviction? Uh, it was both. Mm-hmm. It was both. It was something I understood that I needed to do. And it was something that my will said, I will not do it. And so it was this echo, echo, echo in my mind. You need to do it. You need to do it, right? I'm not doing it. So it was a war. It was a, right. it was a, a war of wills. Be careful of what you tell God you're not going to do. Right. Whoa, <laughs> Next day, business, boy. same thing. I mean, I thought about it all, the, all day long, right? Mm-hmm. To allow myself to say this thing. I mean, what was I going to lose? I mean, what harm was it going to cause me? Hmm. What was, was it going to take my right away from me to feel the way I felt about this person who I believe deserved something? Right. Yes, that's exactly what it was going to do. Mm-hmm. It was going to take some kind of power that I had that said, he will never be forgiven and he will be judged, right? That was going to go away. And that's the only thing I had left. That's all I had. And I didn't want to let that go, to be honest. Yeah. But because this, this word, the simple word that the pastor said, it was just, you know... P- poking at me and poking at me and poking at me. So finally, on Tuesday morning on the way to work, I said, Lord, right, bless this guy. And I said his name, and that was it. That was my prayer. Pretty, pretty quick and precise and to the point. Bless this guy. Now, that's like we were talking about earlier. I'll do it because I have to, not because my heart wants to pray for this guy, right? Next day on Wednesday, though, same thing. Just that one Lord pray for this guy changed everything for me. It was really interesting. I didn't realize it until the end of the week, but I, I thought more about who he was. Yeah. 
kind of like what you're saying or what your question was, right? Mm-hmm. Out of is it out of sympathy, right? I started thinking, well, you know, he is lost and he is, he is dark, but so was I. And you saved me. You died for me. You died for him. You love him as much as you love me. Mm-hmm. Then I started thinking about his wife and his kids, right? So I started praying for him that he would hear his voice, that he would hear your voice, Lord, that he would, that you would send somebody to him, Lord, that you would, right? So I actually started genuinely praying for him so that his wife and his kids would have a father that could lead them to the Lord. And by the end of the week, I was praying that guy for that guy all the way to work that day, right? Thinking about all the different things that God would be able to do if his heart changed, if he said yes to Christ. So it wasn't about me anymore. It was about him having a relationship with Christ, which really had nothing to do with me. It was just someone intervening for this guy. And at the same time, just washed away and melted away all the yeah. hate and all the you know, retribution, any, all the thoughts of he's got to pay was gone. Mm-hmm. And now he was on my prayer list as one of those people that Jesus said, pray for them who right, despitefully mm-hmm. use you or whatever it was here. Yes, pray for those who spitefully use you. So it changed everything. Just submitting, surrendering yourself to what God has called you to. Everybody under the sun is what he's saying here. He makes, he makes his sun rise on the evil and the good. Everyone. We don't always love his creation, <laughs> but he does. I think, I don't know if we forget or if we don't know or if it doesn't matter. God loves everybody the same. He doesn't love the, the sin he doesn't love the, the darkness or the act of evil, but he loves his creation. And that's easy to say if you never went through the process. Um, it's not as easy to say if you went through the process, you understand the process, but, it's, but you understand the blessing that comes with that to you. So it's easy to go up to people that you know and, you know, and, and greet them and talk with them. But what about those people that you don't know? Are you, how are you treating them? And if for everybody, it's something different, right? Like, oh, look at that guy with the beard, right? Or look at the guy with the tattoos. Or look at the guy with the earrings. Or look at the guy with, right? That's what people look at. And because they see something they don't like, right? Look at the guy with the beanie. The baseball cap. The guy with the glasses, right? The old guy. <laughs> I feel really called out right now. <laughs> Sorry about that, Yeah. <laughs> And that's what he's saying. It's easy to greet and love the people you know, but what about the people that you see and you usually judge? Or always judge. You didn't even know them. 46. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? So, um, the tax collector theme might be a little bit far from you, then you might not understand what that means, but in the day, the tax collector were despised because they were Jews working for the Roman government. And they were um, not only collecting taxes, but they were also uh, going above that and, and fleecing the flock, so to speak. They were, you know, um, ex- uh, what's that other word I'm looking for? Um, 
Extorting. Extorting, yeah. They were extorting <laughs> money from all the people, all the Jewish people, right? They were using that. They were charging them exorbitant amounts of, of tax mm. so that they could keep some of that money for themselves. You know, so they were they were stealing from the from the government and they were despised they were hated that's why he uses that even the tax collectors then the brethren thing is like okay so i walk into a room these are all my brothers and sisters and there's some other people here that i don't know and i don't give them any attention i don't greet them because they're different or they're not us right therefore because of this you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Because of what? Because if you practice loving your enemy, if you practice, right, these things that he talked about, blessing those who curse you and praying for those who spitefully use you, because of that, you'll be just like your Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. So are we called to be perfect? Or You're, perfected? Uh, I was going to say... The word perfect sometimes doesn't mean perfect like we think of it. it but now it means like complete or mature sometimes also. Yeah. I was going to say the same exact thing. So, um, there, is a, there is a time that you are perfect for a moment or for a moment of time. Uh, in Christ. Okay. It's very difficult or impossible. I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I think it's impossible to be perfect outside of Christ. And what I mean is that have that completeness like mm-hmm. who Christ is. His character, again, his love, his forgiveness, right? Uh, the things who, all the things that he is, <clears throat> without, without being one with him, you can't achieve any of those things. But being one with him in those moments, so the, those moments, and we'll read this actually in Oswald, those moments will, will present themselves to us to be able to, to be the character of Christ, not to be Christ, but to be the character of Christ, to be who he is. God will give us an opportunity. And it could be by somebody, like Jesus says in another part of, his, of the gospel, somebody slaps you in the face. So if somebody slaps you in the face, are you going to be forgiven? Are you going to be loving? Or are you going to slap back? Right? So if somebody does something to you, are you going to respond the same way in which they treated you? Or are you going to respond with the character of Christ at this point? Right? So the character of Christ, as we see it, the, the, the hardest test, I guess, is the one where Jesus was beaten, right? His beard was ripped from his face, or part of it, right? He was whipped. He was nailed to a cross. How did he respond? Will any of us have to go through that? I don't think so, but I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I can't say absolutely not, but we can go through things that are have that type of pain connected to them. Yeah. And are we going to ask our Father in Heaven to forgive them for what they're... Forgive them, Lord, because they don't understand what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a difficult thing to do. Yeah. But it starts with practicing at this level right here. Right. If you don't practice this, <clears throat> when the big one comes, you'll never do it. It won't be in you to do it. It's like going to your bank account and never putting money in it and expecting money to come out of the bank. It's not going to happen. If you're not depositing money all the time every week into your bank, when you go to use that debit card, they're going to say, sorry, I don't want you. You got zero money in your account. 
it's the same thing spiritually. Mm-hmm. If you're not constantly engaging in the character of Christ and allowing God to move and challenge you, teach you, and helping you to submit yourself to his will and his ways, the account's going to be empty. I, I'm just thinking, like, there's, there's a really powerful work in forgiveness, and I think we miss it sometimes. Um, I was looking for this passage here, and it's uh, in John 20, uh, 2023, and it's, it's a time where Jesus is getting ready to ascend, right? So he's, he's being killed already, and he's coming back, and he's teaching his disciples, and he breathes on them. And says, receive the Holy Spirit. That's what it says um, before that. But, but then he says this. He says, if you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. And it's like, like, I don't think, like, it's easy to read that and just gloss over it. But that's a powerful statement. Like, that's a, that's a very, very powerful statement, I think. It's like, I have the power for God to forgive this person of their sin. Like to be praying for somebody to forgive them. And if I forgive them, it's gone, right? No judgment. And like... That person doesn't have to ask for forgiveness? It says, if you, for, if you forgive anyone, yeah. they are forgiven. And it's like, like when you think about like what judgment's gonna be like, right? And it's like, I... And, and turn that on you for a moment. It's like, I know what judgment I deserve. Like, I absolutely know what judgment I deserve. If I spend any time thinking about that, very easy. And, like, to think about that and then to say, like, I can release somebody from that by forgiving them. Because if I don't have anything to hold against them, there's there's no need for justice because I've released some of that the demand for justice. Right. So God doesn't have to have judgment. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. But, like, and maybe I'm completely off here, but it's just... I just think of that as like really powerful. Like I have the power to release somebody from the judgment that's due them. Yeah. I have a hard time grasping that one because I, I don't think that I could release anybody from sin. I mean, I can forgive them for what they've done to me, but right. they still need to ask for forgiveness. They need to understand their wrongdoings. They need to get closer to God. They need to ask for forgiveness. 100%. I can release, you know, how, how I'm feeling. Um, <clears throat> and be more godly about it but but they need to get closer to God and ask for forgiveness for them to be truly forgiven correct yeah you see it correctly yeah I think here the, the context that it, this is how it ministers to my heart is that Jesus is speaking of forgiveness and not repentance and if mm-hmm. you think about it there's power in forgiveness in the sense of if you've wronged me and I approach you ready for conflict most likely it's going to escalate yeah. Yeah. However, if you've wronged me and I approach you with forgiveness, nine out of ten times it's going to deflate it, and there's power in that forgiveness. This, in a sense, your defenses come down, and now we've meet at a level. And I think that that's the the principle that he's he's conveying here is that now between you and God, you're absolutely correct. That's something completely different. I think that that's more repentance, and that's more of a personal issue with God. But I think here he's he's. What he's talking about is just forgiveness from one to another and the power that's in it. Just forgiveness now. And and what it does, I think the power that's in that is that it releases all the contention, all the conflict, all of all of that garbage that the enemy tries yeah. to confuse us with. Yeah. It diffuses it. It's like a ticking time bomb when you cut the right wire and boom, it's done. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's disabled. Yeah. 
and I think to me that's what it ministers to my heart. Mm-hmm. You know, and I agree with with Travis here wholeheartedly that, that that there's a lot of power in it. It's very difficult, but yeah. I think that that's where the power of Christ comes in. And uh, I, I mean, this is a big one for me, man. And I'm at like the beginning stage of this process. Like, so what I what what God's kind of just uh explain to me to do in these situations it's better to not say anything and allow him to work that process out so if anyone's been on the ranch long enough with me and they know when i'm not talking to them (laughs) it's because i'm going through my process and i'd rather not say anything than say the wrong thing and then really get out of character or say something to where it's going to escalate but really truly in that moment what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to be obedient to god and at this at that moment the best that i have for god is just to not say anything and just to let god do his thing and stay out of the way and and it's challenging and then i know that it comes off a certain way but you know what at this point i'm like it doesn't matter how it comes off god knows what's in my heart he knows that i'm trying to work this out and he knows that mm-hmm. i'm really keeping my mouth shut because I know it's the wrong thing to do to say what I want to say, or it's the wrong thing to do to act how I want to act, you know? So for me right now, it's better just to not say anything. God, just deal it out. And it's gotten easier. And then those lapses are shorter. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, and, and that's the process, you know, and it's a good thing. And I thank him for it, man, because, uh, it could only be done by the power of Christ, you know, by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the mercy of God. Yeah. Man, yeah. yeah. So you kind of nutshelled everything we've been talking about. That's, I mean, that's, it's a practical work that God wants to do in our lives, yeah, right? And, and it starts by, in a moment, forgiving, right? Mm. Sometimes it's, it's, it's like, I'm not, okay, I know what I'm going to say and do, so I'm, I'm going to constrain that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to talk to you right now because you're going to take me out of my constrainment, right? Mm. And my self-control. Mm. And then we'll get into it. You may even share that if you, you know, if everybody's going to kind of go through the process a little bit differently, but, mm-hmm. but the result is always the same, right? Us giving up ourselves <laughs> and actually putting on Christ. The divine commandment of life, be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect. Matthew, Matthew five forty eight. our Lord's exhortation to us in Matthew 538 and 48 through 48 is to be generous yeah. in our behavior toward everyone. Beware of living according to your natural affections in your spiritual life. Your natural affections in your spiritual life. Everyone has natural affections. Some people we like and others we don't like. <laughs> yeah, we already talked about that, right? I come into a room, I greet the people that I know and I like, and the other people that I don't know, and based on how they look to me, I don't like them. I've already, I've already put them in a category of dislike because he's wearing a beanie, right? He's wearing sandals, he has shorts on, um, right? So it just depends on how I see what I feel, feel, right? That's the that's the mm. always the misguiding mm-hmm. um, emotion is how I feel, not what I understand and what I know the truth. Like a lot of times I don't base what I see on God's truth. I base it on how on my truth and how I feel about it, mm-hmm. and that's what He's trying to remove us from. It doesn't matter how the person looks, the color of their hair is you know green, blue, rainbow. 
that none of that stuff should should ha- look, tell us that that person's not worthy of something of my time or of my love or of my forgiveness or uh you know of anything or God's truth I shouldn't walk by that person and walk to this other person and tell them who Christ is and how much Christ loves them right how what kind of truth is in me if that's the case mm-hmm. If I step by five people based on how they look and go to the one person that I think I could, you know, associate with or, or rely, you know, <clears throat> where's my heart? I mean, what am I about? And that's kind of a coward's heart as well. Right? Well, it's very judgmental. Mm-hmm. And it's very selfish, like you were saying. I'm choosing now who I think God wants to save and who he doesn't want to save. I'm playing God. Beware of living according to your natural affections in your spiritual life. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. So if I walk in the light as Christ is in the light, as he is, right, that light, if I walk in that, then yes. And if you walk in that, then we're instantly, right, we're instantly going to have friendship, fellowship, Unity. Unity. Even those toward whom we have no affection. Because at that point, it's not about you and I have a relationship for a long time or a friendship. It's that the spirit of Christ is in you, the spirit of Christ is in me. And instantly, you know, it's like we've been friends forever, even though we've just met each other, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys experienced that in the past. I have on several occasions. It's a pretty amazing thing that you can just talk... uh, you know, back and forth endlessly about all the stuff that God's doing, right? And it feels like you guys, you like, this is not the first time you've met. It's a pretty amazing thing. The example of our Lord, the example our Lord gave us here is not that of a good person, okay? It's not a, an example of a good Christian, but it's an example of himself, be perfect just as your Father in Heaven is perfect. Pretty simple, right? I don't have to explain that one. <laughs> in other words, but Oswald's going to explain it, simply show to, other, to, other, uh, to the other person what God has shown to you. So wherever you're walking, wherever you're driving, wherever you're working, wherever you're doing, whatever you're doing, in the moment, you're there for a reason. God has placed you there for a purpose. If you see that. If you don't see that, then you're blind. It's that simple. And everybody around you, doesn't matter. But if you understand that you are where you're at because God has placed you there, then everyone around you matters. And God has a purpose for you in those lives. But we don't get to choose. I mean, we do choose sometimes, but we shouldn't choose who we talk to and who we don't talk to. That belongs to God. And God will always tap us on the shoulder and say, hey, turn around and talk to that guy. Turn around and talk to her. And I may go, I'm not wasting my time with that guy. Look at him, Lord. (laughs) 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 Right? Is that the truth? It can be, yeah. So if I'm praying for the guy that despitefully used me, 
Lord, you know, bless this guy, you know, you know how I feel about him, and I'm trying to change that. Lord, help me change that, right? God will say, okay, I'm going to bless him, and I'm going to use you to do it. And you're like, oh, hold on now, Lord. I thought you were going to bless him. You want me to be a part of the design that he gets blessed after what he's done to me? Now, if you're having a real, an, a real authentic pouring yourself out before the Lord, you're going to hear that. You're going to hear that voice in your mind, and you're going to have that conversation with God, just like that guy did. Whatever the, I can't remember the prophet that went to Nineveh through the Jonah. belly, of Jonah, just like Jonah. You want me to do what? I, I, I can't do that. <laughs> you know who those people are? Do you know what they do to us? Right, Israelites. And if I go there, they're going to get saved. The worst thing is, <laughs> is that they're going to be saved. They're going to, and they, they, they deserve judgment. Man, I don't want to be in heaven with that person. <laughs> so, I, you know, either we can relate to that story today in our life, or we can't. Because either we don't want to listen to that because it calls us out or convicts us, right? Maybe we don't want either one of those things happening to us in our lives. Yeah. It says here, God will give you plenty of real life opportunities to prove whether or not you are perfect, just as your Father in Heaven is perfect. I fall short every day. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a, so here's proof that God's not giving up on you then. If you have that opportunity every day, every day, five times a day, <laughs> at some point he knows that you're going to say, okay, I'm going to set myself aside here. I'm going to let Christ enter in and I'm going to exhibit the character of Christ instead of myself this time. The, the part that gets me is when that opportunity happens and just after it happens, I go, that was that was an opportunity. <laughs> right. Every time. But at least you recognize it, though. Yeah. That's yeah, I just need to recognize it. In the moment. <laughs> You're getting closer. Yeah. Just, just, That's right. Work in progress. It's like knowing you have to be at the at the the subway station, right? In front of that subway, when it comes in, when the doors open, you step in. You know what time you're supposed to be there. And when, as you're coming down the stairs, the it shows closed. up and the door's closed and you miss it by that much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what's nice about being here on the ranch, too, because there's some really good brothers here that, like, they'll say little things like, like, oh, don't make fun of that person. He's That person's just himself or whatever. Like, it's like, oh, hey, like, you know, I was thinking that, but you said it and it, like, just... I don't know, it just helps. So we're running over. I'm just going to read through this last part, all right? And then we'll close. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. The true expression of Christ's character is not in good doing, but in good likeness. Excuse me, God-likeness. The Spirit of God has transformed you within. You will exhibit divine characters in your life, not just good human characteristics. God's life in us expresses itself as God's life. 
So if God is, Christ is in you, then Christ is out of you. It comes out of you. Not your human characteristics. Not as a human trying to, to do or be godly. Right? Yes. <laughs> That's powerful, right? The secret of a Christian's life is that the supernatural becomes natural in him as a result of the grace of God. And the experience of this becomes evident in the practical, everyday details of life. It's like we were saying, these small things. Not in the times of intimate fellowship with God. That's loving a person who loves you, right? And when we come in contact with these things that create confusion and a flurry of activity, we find to our own amazement that we have the power to stay wonderfully poised, stay wonderfully poised even in the center of all of it. So Father, this morning, uh, going through your word and hearing your truth and understanding the process, Lord, that you have a design for us to go through so that we can surrender our will, surrender ourselves, surrender our human nature, Lord, and live in your supernatural spirit. And choose that each time, Lord, uh, we have the opportunity. And the opportunity comes in all kinds of packages. Sometimes it comes in people who despitefully use us. Sometimes it comes through an enemy. Lord, sometimes it comes through those who would dishonor us. Help us, Lord, in those moments to remember these words, to remember these truths, and to act out in your character, which would be sometimes not saying anything or not doing anything, but just asking our Father to forgive them. So Lord, when we have the opportunity to practice these things, bring these words to our remembrance. I pray for all of us, Lord, that it finds a fertile ground in our hearts and that these truths will begin, Lord, to grow and that we would be able to grasp them and use them in the moment. I thank you again, Father, for allowing us to be here today, to gather today. Uh, Go before us. Allow us, Lord, to see the path that you've created for us today and to remain on it with your strength and your wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.